Welcome to Basketball on Figueroa, the only podcast breaking down everything happening with the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Edwin Garcia, and joining me today is my co-host, Darian Vaziri, a.k.a. Dime Draft. Dime, before I ask you how you're doing, when Harden was traded to the Clippers, we wondered if they'd ever win, and now we're wondering if they'll ever lose. How you doing? Doing pretty well, Edwin. Uh, this is the best regular season basketball the Clippers have played since, you know, the Kawhi era has started. The 2-1-3 era has begun. They're rolling right now, and you know a big reason why? No load management. No injuries. You know, when Kawhi first came, that first year, it felt like we could build a winning streak. But then Kawhi would have to sit out the second of a back-to-back, and we wouldn't look like the same team because Paul George already was missing a lot of games that season. So I always have said throughout these last couple of years, it's really hard to build a winning streak with load management with the regimen that these guys are on, and, of course, the natural injuries that they've been getting. But now that we've had a run of 25 out of 26 games played with Paul George and Kawhi having played every game and then Harden and Westbrook haven't missed a game, it should be no surprise why the record is 16-10. and 10. You would honestly think it should be better, but, of course, we had that adjustment period with Harden. But now, man, remember when you said, what's so super about it? It looks like a super <laughs> team right now, Edwin. It looks like a super team. And you look at last night's stats, man, 151 points. I know it's the Pacers, and they've been allowing a lot of points in general, but three guys over 27 points with Paul George, Kawhi, and Harden at 35. You know, I obviously am not a big fan of Harden's game, and it was my least favorite starter to ever play basketball besides guys that have off-court weird stuff going into him coming to the Clippers. But one thing I never denied is that this guy is still a great player. He is still an all-star player. I was saying it's a super team before he even played a game because he just averaged 20 and 10 and was the second best player on a team that was one game away from making the conference finals. Having him as your third option still could be great. And what's really unlocked it, as we all know, we've talked about so much, Russ going to the bench. It's not really looking like a big four when you watch the Clippers play. It looks like a big three. Mm -hmm. Russ is getting minutes under 20. But the aura, the discussion around the team, when you go to a game, you feel that fourth presence of a Russell Westbrook. It's impossible to miss him. So right now, it's looking like the first super team in Clipper history, and the eight-game winning streak reflects that, but it's all about, and I think we're going to talk about it more, Kawhi Leonard. 100%. It's all about Kawhi. I would like, okay, fair. Everything's documented. Anyone can go and, and clip it out, which, you know, I, I do a good job of clipping out the, the most interesting things we've talked about. I did ask what was so super about it, but I also was higher on the Harden trade than you were. I told you yeah. this I, I was their team. Anybody was higher than me. That's true. That, that might, that might, the bar was low, but I did I did go past. But I did say, and I've talked to other people too, and I'm like, they don't think they have enough. They think Harden gives them a shot to have enough. Now, we'll never know, had the trade never happened, what that team would look like. But we right. know this team, and so far... It looks like I said I mentioned it last week that I they're they're they have an out they're in the mix for a title. They're not the favorites. I don't think they're gonna get it, but they're in the mix. And every week that goes by, they look like they're more and more in the mix. It is early, but hey, it's also past the quarter mark, heading to the halfway point, and they're only gaining more momentum and building more steam towards what their goal is. So, you know, yeah, you're right. This is it's looking good. I mean, if you don't think they look good now, you're never going to think any team looks good because it's kind of hard to do better than they've been doing. And like you said, we'll get into it. 
Uh, before we do that, let's go in order here. We got Lakers, Spurs. We had a couple Spurs games, and a few were kind of ugly. So we'll, we'll go really quickly, blast right through them. The first one was the 122-119 uh, Lakers victory over uh, um, Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs. In this game, again, AD just still in a tear, 37 points, 10 rebounds. You got um, a non-LeBron game, which is always a concern. But again, the Spurs are kind of spiraling. They're not really looking to win. They're just looking to build habits and, and, and develop a star player. And that's what you saw. You did see some really good moments from, from Wembenyama. He had some really nice dunks. He had one over AD. And then AD, well, AD for it was the first one to kind of get right in his grill and dunk on him. And then uh, Wembenyama responded with that. You got some good back and forth and ultimately uh AD and the Lakers were just a little too much uh, for the Spurs uh, in that uh, fourth quarter, uh, even though they tried to rally back. Uh, did you watch this game? What did you see from from uh, Wembenyama here against the Purple and Gold? This is the game that the Lakers rested LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the Lakers were, we got away with it, thankfully. You know, you would you would hope as a Laker fan that you can get away with beating the Spurs and giving LeBron a rest. You know, if there's anybody that I actually – you know me, I hate load management, but if there's anybody that I will defend it with, LeBron, with all the mileage and the level that he's still playing at, I, I'll give him a, you know, leeway. And Anthony Davis was a beast. That I did watch the second half of that game. I felt like the Lakers were in complete control, but then the Spurs came surging back, and I thought the Lakers were really careless with the ball, you know, towards that fourth mm -hmm. quarter. But Wemby, he had some big shots, those step-back threes, those consecutive threes. It got going, uh, got the Spurs going, and and – I never thought they were going to win the game, but credit AD. I don't remember. I could be wrong, but I remember him hitting big free throws in that game. Yes, he did. He hit yeah. He hit every – I think he – let me look. He went 9 for 12, and I think he went uh, 4 for 4 or 5 for 5 in the fourth quarter. He didn't miss one in the fourth. He hit the last ones. And the, just, again, like you said, it was just a little too much for the Spurs to do, right? Like good teams uh, find ways to win those games even when they're trying to give it away, and bad teams find a way to give it back. And that's what the Spurs are—a bad team that found a way to give it back because they had a shot, but like you said, just a, a little bit, a little bit too much to try to overcome with the deficit. And one of the big things that happened there was the offensive foul by Wembenyama on D'Lo. He was trying to kick the leg out and, and get some contact. The ref didn't give it to him. It ended up being an offensive foul. And then the final play of the game—you know—it was a three-point game. Uh, they tried to the Spurs tried to inbound it, and who steals the ball and make sure there isn't like a hail mary three to go to overtime? Anthony Davis, and that's the difference. They're able to close it out and 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 do just enough to get the win, and and uh, the Spurs were unable to. All right, let's go ahead and and move uh, towards uh, the next game since we we'll, we'll, we have some more Lakers Spurs action coming up. We had Clippers Warriors. Um, you were high on the Clippers and Lakers all week, but Clippers Warriors one twenty one to one thirteen. They took care of business again against Golden State. Um, obviously, Golden State's going through a lot right now, which we're going to get into. Um, but what was your biggest standout of, of this, another victory for the Clippers uh, against the Warriors? I know in your vlog, you were very animated about uh, the environment and the scene there. Uh, so, so talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like watching that game and watching the Clippers uh, beat the Warriors again. Yeah, one of those nights where you know the opposing fan base is going to bring a lot of fans, and it's going to be basically a 50-50 at a Clipper game. Obviously, it was not like this before Curry, even though the Warriors always brought some fans. It was definitely not like this. But the Clippers team, it was a scary one because that was the only game that Paul George missed this season. He was out, and that was after the he missed that second half against Sacramento, I believe it was. Yeah, Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. And – he didn't play, and Amir Coffey 
stepped into the starting lineup and had 18 points. Amir Coffey has not been in the rotation this year. We haven't mentioned his name much mm-hmm. at all. And now it looks like he's starting to take Kobe Brown's minutes in that backup four spot. And remember, Kobe Brown's body type is more built to be a four, but it is the small ball NBA. Who's a better defender? Who's able to hit more shots? I think Amir Coffey is the answer to that. So going forward, expect to see Amir Coffey in that rotation and probably getting some more minutes because right now Kawhi Harden and Paul just playing too many minutes for especially for a team that has you know a super team big four whatever they're playing a lot of minutes so getting Amir Coffey in there to defend and just be another wing a big body out there is nice in this game he stepped in for Paul George beautifully had 18 points four for 11 from three six for 15 overall not the best percentages but knocking down four threes and getting 18 points in that supporting role is amazing and then Kawhi Leonard and Harden were really the standouts. Kawhi, 27 points, 8 rebounds on 9 for 16 shooting and 2 for 4 from 3. And the James Harden, player of the game, 28 points, 7 rebounds, 15 assists, and then a steal and 4 blocks. It was the best defensive game I'd seen Harden play in years. Years, Edwin. So I give yeah. him credit for that. I did not expect that. I expected him to play passable defense because I think his defensive faults are un- – you know, it's when people say he's the worst defender of all time and all this stuff. Nah, I don't think he's actually – I don't even think he's the worst defender to be an all-star all time. So mm-hmm. I actually think he's passable when he wants to be. But he was good, legitimately good in this That's a good question. Who's the worst defender, all-star defender? <laughs> That's definitely like some off-season content. But I'm trying to think now. Who, yeah. who is a, a turnstile on defense there? Well, I know up to this season – I've heard he's playing better defense this year. But up to this season, Trey Young, I think, is weak. You know, he's just small. Yeah. Huh, that's an interesting one. Maybe one for a li- later on. I've never Gilbert, thought about it. Gilbert, Ar- Gilbert Arenas was, Arenas was I was thinking Arenas. I was thinking Arenas as well. Um, yeah. Um, but Harden, I mean, look, when he might be mentioned in that conversation that when people just think off the top of their heads, I don't know. Sure. But, yeah, I think Harden has been very good defensively for the Clippers and what we need him to do. He got to the line 12 times in this game, made 11 of them. Of course, there was some of those calls. I'm like, how are we getting these calls? But we've (laughs) been against Harden before. So, yeah, overall really solid performance. And then Norman Powell brought us home with 21 points. The Clippers just bet on the Warriors, Edwin. I mean, Harden would be the second best player on this team, straight up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, big win. Yeah, and you know, again, the the Warriors are just struggling. They're they're they just can't get it together. You know, you, you still got a you got a good clay game here too, and it, it still wasn't enough. Um, yeah, they're just they're just in, in poor form right now. So, um, <laughs> not that anyone's feeling sorry for them, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so moving on, unfortunately, we have to talk about Lakers Spurs one twenty nine one fifteen. Just a just an ugly game. You know, you did get LeBron back. Um, but um, now you didn't have AD. So, again, it was just trading off. And the difference is, again, we talk about LeBron and AD's value and who's better. This is kind of a good argument for you see the difference in AD. And, like, you talk about defense. The Lakers' defense, when when AD's there, you're like, they might be a really good defensive team. AD's gone, and you're like, this team is trash. Because <laughs> especially, like you said, on the defensive side of the ball, this shows why he should be in the defensive player of the year conversation. That's how important he is. Everything is funneled to him. It's centered on him. It's based on him. He fixes a lot of mistakes. He, we, the players literally guide the offense towards where he's at. He's a point of attack defender in that way, not not on the ball, but just like, okay, we're going to drive the ball there if you're not going to go for a three. And if you are going to go for a three, he might still come out and contest depending on if you put him in pick and roll. And he can still 
you know, recover because he's still so quick and, you know, he's got those long arms and everything. Without him there, it was just rough. They gave up 129. They dominated the first quarter. It was over. 42-22 in the first quarter. The 20-point deficit to start the game. They tried to dig out of it, but that, as you know, 20-point deficit, even in the NBA, 20-point deficit and you don't have your best defender? Like, how are you going to come back from that? You're going to need someone to hit seven three-pointers, and this team does not have a player that can really do that. So they lost 129, 115. Uh, it was a rough loss. I understood the loss because AD wasn't there, and it was, you know, um, on the road and all those kinds of things. But obviously, n- no Laker fan was happy about losing to a team that only had three wins prior to this game. Um, but w- Wemby was, again, very, very good. And, again, without – without um. AD there, it just changed things up and, and uh, the Spurs took advantage. Yeah, it just showed AD's value. But also you guys are missing Cam Reddish and D'Angelo Russell, so yeah, that's relevant as well. But yeah, absolutely. Sure. It's like every single week we're going back and forth. I'm like, man, is AD the best player on this team? But then LeBron will close a game and I'll be like, okay, let's still LeBron. Then AD, he won't play, and you see how bad the Lakers are defensively without him really. And I'm like, yeah, AD's definitely the best player on this team. So, <laughs> Oh, defensively, for sure, yeah. But but it's just – it's so major what he does defensively. You know what I'm saying? LeBron's defensive impact is just not nearly as strong. I don't think anybody on your team's defensive impact is nearly as strong as Anthony Davis. So, And then he gives you offensively – I don't know if he's a leading scorer or if he's second right now. He's second, uh, I believe. Uh, let me look it up. I think he's second. You, I'm, I'm honestly closer to it right now than you are probably. Um, I don't think so. Let's see. LeBron has 25.2, AD's at 24.2, and they've both played 25 games. So yeah. one point difference, I think. Yeah, and also no, Anthony, Anthony Davis is averaging 13 rebounds a night and three blocks. Like, So yeah. I'm going to go with AD right now if I have to change my answer, but it's 1A, 1B regardless of how you look at it. It's still LeBron's team in the sense that he's the leader, he's the face of the franchise. Um, but it's just a terrible loss because, you know, San Antonio, that broke their losing streak. And you never yeah. want to be that team, especially when you have a championship kind of agenda like the Lakers do, to lose that kind of game. So not a good loss at all. No, yeah, it was a bad loss, ugly loss, one you just want to wipe away. Unfortunately, we'll, we'll get to it later. They didn't exactly wipe it away, but before that, we got to get into some Clipper action. And the Clippers, if, again, I'm, I'm more on the Lakers' side. Personally, I'd rather the Clippers lose every game because that just makes me a little bit happier. <laughs> but for the content here, of course, uh, we're covering both. And also – Honestly, if you just take away your feelings towards them, especially the Laker fans who are listening, this team is – I mean, they're putting 144 on the Knicks. And it was – I'm going to hear – just read, read off a few of these stats. It, it was ridiculous. I was like, oh, man. Now they're really – you got a, a 12-16 game from Kawhi, 11-18 uh, from a PG, you know, 60% shooting from Norman Powell. He went 6 for 10. And, I mean, the stat lines here, 36 from Kawhi, 25 from Paul George. You know, you got, like I said, you got 16 from Powell off the bench. Um, even Russ, you know, it wasn't wasn't like explosive, but four for seven, 10 points, like off the bench, you're going to take that all day. And he gave you the six rebounds and four dimes. Uh, 144, 122. Uh, we might still not be at their best game of the season uh, of the week even, which is shocking since we're, we're just racking off wins here. But 144, 122, again, another game against a team that has a big fan base, has a big, you know, presence, but the Knicks weren't able to to win in crypto, at least when they played the Clippers. Man, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we made the Knicks look like a bad team. You guys made the Knicks look like a good team. They <laughs> had nothing for Kawhi, like just absolutely no. nothing. That was a fun game to be at. 
Julius Randle, the fact that Kawhi was posting Julius Randle up was like, oh, my God. Like, he's just not backing yeah. down. 12 for 16 was insane. You know, I will say this, Edwin. I don't like making these kind of statements because it feels like it never ends up being a happy ending for Kawhi as a Clipper in the long haul. But, man, these are the moments that when we first got him, I was like, bro, I really have somebody even close to Kobe's level on my team. Not from an all-time sense, but, like, you know, peak for peak. Obviously, I'm always taking Kobe. I, I value. I think Kobe's one of the best to ever do it. But Kawhi has similar abilities, you know, being a, a very good defender and scoring 30 in a similar way, not too in love with the three-point shot. But he is so efficient at the three. Kawhi's become so great shooting the three. Um, obviously, not as good off the bounce as Bean, but he still loves that mid-range game. I think, you know, you know who Kawhi's idols are. It's Jordan and Kobe. So yeah. even Kobe, when he was alive, there was that clip I always used to share that said that Kawhi is one of my favorite. He operates in spots that I operate in. And when you see him hit those turnarounds with a double coming, no one in Clipper history that I've seen has been able to do that. I got to go back and see if Danny Manning was doing that and Bob McAdoo. But in my time as a fan, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul are not hitting post phase with two defenders coming at him. Uh, he had the ball behind the three, jab, step, and J Julius Randle. I mean, the amount of space he created without taking a dribble. That's the kind of stuff that I love. So yeah, these things. And then James Harden, not a great shooting game, but still had a double-double and was still not bad defensively. I mean, come yeah. on. That's all you can ask for. And then Russ, he was bullying all their guards. Quickly, Brunson, just the energy level he brings. Clippers have been great at Staples Center this season. If we're going to go out of this stadium, let's go out with a great home record again. And, you know, that having an all-fan section, for people that don't know, I mentioned that, that I'm in season tickets. All diehards trying to make noise all game. It's really, it's really great for the in arena experience as a Clipper fan because at the very least, there's never going to be dead silence anymore, and that's a good thing. So, big win. Paul George was excellent. It looked like he hadn't even skipped a beat, and we just had like more star power than Knicks. Like, I would, I'd rather take James Harden than Julius Randle. Wow, I, I'm not, I'm not there. Just because I, I really like Julius Randle's game, and he also he's a different type of player. He is, um, you know, obviously different position. But I will say, no, nah, I don't. Yeah, that I'm not, we have to see the playoffs because uh, Randall also disappears at times in the playoffs. So you, you the Randall's same worse. What do you, James Harden yeah. at least has, has? Look what James Harden's done. Like James Harden won a, had 45 in, in, in the Garden. That's better than Randall has won playoff games for the Knicks. Because I, I think he, I can I can pull up a few he's won. Which one? Maybe that one game he won against the Hawks. Yeah, he, he, a, last year he was injured. Yeah. When, last year he was injured when the Cavs they beat the Cavs. Sure, but, but Randall's had his games too. He's had his games where he's really carried and he's really pulled. I get what you're saying. It's a it's a good question. I think I think it's a good question because again they play different positions and I feel like what Randall does is also it's rare in this league and having a pair who can get up there really helps the Knicks, especially it helps them on the glass, helps them with rebounding. And when he does get going offensively, it just gives him another threat. You add that with the that next the, the Knicks' path to like the next level. If Randall can be just a little bit more consistent and you get you you know what you're getting from Brunson. If they can get a little more consistency from RJ as well, now you you're in the mix because with all those three clicking and then Emmanuel quickly as well who's who's emerging, you know, it feels like every week he's getting better and better. <laughs> you're not you're not an Emmanuel Quickly fan there? No, no, no. I, I like Emmanuel Quickly. He played great against the Lakers. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, he did. He did. Um they have something there. Obviously, they're in the mix, but they're you know a, a lower tier than you know I think that the Clippers are. But but 
Yeah, I think maybe I'm just a little bit higher on Randall. I, I've also seen so much more of Randall than, than probably Harden because of all the Laker years. But I, I understand. Randall does disappear. He he is frustrating. Um, and his lows are probably lower than than Harden's lows. So so I'll give you that. But I, I can't wait. We'll, we'll we'll revisit this in the playoffs. I'm assuming both teams are at least going to make the first round and oh, see kind of what the performances are like. Oh man, I don't want to say it because it's injuries could happen. But without <laughs> yeah. any injury, there's no way the Knicks are going further than the Clippers. No chance, bro. We have so much. We have a super team. I think it depends on the, the the West is so tough. It might come down to man, what happens if you get unlucky and you end up being a six seed and the the Nuggets are a three seed. You know, it, I'm not sure. I would. That, okay, that if you're playing Denver, if you're playing Denver, yes. And you might. But, what, what would it be right now? Let me take a quick look. We'll, we'll do this quick detour here because the, the West is brutal, as you know. Uh, compared to the East, if they're a top four team, you know they're going to come out of the, the first round if they're going to play someone like you know, um, you know, someone on on the weaker end. The the Knicks will probably have a good first round matchup compared to the um, the uh, Clippers, just because the the West is just really really tough. For example, I'm pulling up here. If we started today, and let's assume the one through eight get in, we, we, won't, we won't do the play-in uh, magic. Uh, yeah, you're playing the Nuggets actually. Three six. That's what it would be today. <laughs> that's a, that's a tough. The Lakers would yeah, would be the play-in. We're not going to finish yeah. sixth or fifth. With the, the team is too talented, man. I I don't know. It's early. I, I'm not sure. I have no idea. I think the West is going to be extremely tight. I think Fuck. the gap between well, like. <laughs> uh, dude, these, teams, these teams are not as good as the Clippers. I'm telling you, Kawhi Leonard, the only ways if he gets hurt, but even if he gets hurt, James Harden is still there for the regular season. That's the whole point of them getting Harden. Kawhi is playing. I, we need to, uh, that was the last Clipper game, right? Or we got one more. We got a uh, Clippers and uh, we got one more. Well, let, okay. Let's jump into let's it. Then. Then. So we, yeah. we can keep the conversation going with that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> we, we got, we got an animated dive today. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, so the last one we had was the, the Monday game, but before we get back to the Lakers, so we had the both teams playing, which is why, you know, the, the pod's coming out a little bit later. Um, it's funny because I was watching this game uh, at Crypto. You know, they, they have all the, the games on the screen and stuff, and I'm, I'm so, so I watched Harden just manhandle the Pacers from the Chickern uh, media room, which is kind of a cool thing to watch. And, yeah. They, they put the graphic up there that he had more points in the fourth than the entire Patriots team. I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? And I, I saw him do the Snow Angels and all that. Uh, Harden was having a Harden game. I mean, eight, I, I talked about the Lakers needed someone who could hit seven threes to come back from against his first. Harden did that against the Pacers. He had eight for 11 from three alone. He was absolutely ridiculous. Didn't do it from the foul line, only shot three free throws. But guess what? He made all of them. He had 35 points. I mean, he was just an absolute dominant, just monster in that game and again i don't know if the lakers are starting to break teams but ever since they beat the warriors that hasn't been the same and you know the pacers were the the nba darling um one night in vegas and after that they got stopped by the lakers and ever since then everyone realized you know what if we just attack halliburton they can't play defense and i think we can run them out of the gym and that's what's been happening to the poor Pacers. they've only won one game since the in-season tournament and, I mean, they gave up 151 points. Uh, part of that is the brilliance of the Clippers. And part of that is just, like, you got to get it together on defense. You, you, you can't do that against a team that's talented. It can get really ugly. Um, Dime, tell me uh, what your feeling was, you know, watching this on the road since, obviously, they weren't here in L.A. But in Indy, just putting up 151 points without overtime. Like, what was up with that? Pacers don't guard. They just don't guard at all, and we have too much star power again. Tyrese Halliburton didn't look right, man. He looked uh, like a little injured. I know he missed the previous game. Terrence Mann, though, did a really good job on him. 
in the third quarter. And even though Terrence's three ball is still not coming around, man, if Terrence Mann's three ball starts coming around, it's going to be really hard to guard the Clippers, man. Because it's already hard, but he's shooting like putrid from three, like 23% on the season. If he can get that up to 34%, 35%, then the teams are in real trouble. Zubats has been playing great, and Harden absolutely has helped. Because yeah. you knew you knew Harden's one of the best pick and roll players of all time. That's the one guy I knew he was going to help. Zubats had another double double, 18 and 16 against the Pacers. And then Westbrook bringing great energy. He's been really efficient the last couple of games off the bench. And you just can't understate or overstate a sacrifice that he's made, him and Bones Highland, in reduced yeah. roles and being so positive on the bench. Two of our most vocal guys. It's amazing. You know, you can't. It's different. You know, it clearly makes you feel like obviously winning helps everything. But with the Lakers, when he went to the bench, his attitude still wasn't good. Felt like he was forcing things. And I think I'm starting to realize the one thing I really underestimated is Westbrook's friendship with Harden. Like how willing he is to do this because he he messes with him. Like that's his guy. They, they're actual friends. This is the third time they're doing this. So clearly they want to win with each other. And right now, Harden is getting the spotlight that the Clippers brought him in here to get. And it's crazy. I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I could believe what I was seeing, but the fact that he was wearing a Clipper jersey doing it, I was like, this is a weird experience for me, man. <laughs> like now I got people with in my fan base that I've followed for years with freaking Harden's beard as their profile picture. I'm like, what twisted reality am I living in right now? This is crazy. And now I'm starting to think, oh my God, bro, are we conference finals bound no matter what? Barring injury, barring injury, because the talent is a lot hardened third option. Maybe I slept on that a bit, ruling him out to win a championship entirely. Third option Harden yeah. almost did in Brooklyn. I was ruled. I stand by second option Harden not being that dude. I do. If you want to say the second option now, a 2A, 2B with Paul George, that's fine. But as the clear-cut second option, nah. Um, I see. I see. Paul George is the better player, but people will argue hard, and I've seen a lot of people think that. I, I agree with you. I think he's the third best, and I think if there ever is another drastic change uh, in the starting lineup, it would either be Harden. It would probably be Harden coming off the bench, or Russ somehow jumping back in. But you, you're Paul George and Kawhi. Those are the two. If they're healthy, they're starting every game. Those are the only two. I'm a hundred percent positive. No asterisk. If they're healthy, they're starting, and that that's why they're the two best players uh, on the team. Even if. You know, Harden, yes, he can get to the level where he outperforms everyone like this game. But consistently, it, it's Kawhi and PG. Um, you know, Harden's going to be the third option here. He is, has been the third option, and he's embraced, you know, I think that role overall. I think for me, uh, like you said, Zoo, someone early on, we were like, is, is it over for Zoo? Is he falling off the cliff? And I, I did say, I'm like, I'm the tape's telling me that, but the tape's also telling me there's years that, signify this is not this is an abnormality and he's really just going to get into a group and now we're kind of getting there now where we're like okay this is the zoo that we kind of expected that we're normally used to getting compared to how bad he was the first 10-15 games where it just felt like you know he, he lost everything it, it looked like he looked like one of those space jam players who like all, all their talent went away and it was like what's going on with zoo but it looks like he's finally starting to get back there uh which is which is good to see um the one thing that impressed me, of course, was was the, the hardened display. And like you said, everything is kind of clicking in all cylinders. Um, so we'll go into the previews of, of next week's games in a moment. Uh, but so far, yeah, I mean, everything's going going the Clippers' way. Uh, the, the West is going to be very tough. It's going to be very hard. But again, they, can, they don't have to win every game. But if they can win, I don't know, seven of the next ten, 
then then you're right. That puts you in that that probably three four range because right now, unfortunately, the the T Wolves and the the um, Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, they're just they're just not losing games, so it's going to be really hard to catch them. But you can get up to that three spot, and then who knows? Maybe they start to regress to the mean a little bit if they can start losing a couple games. It's so early. This time last year, I think the Pelicans were like a number a two seed. So and they got injuries, of course, but that happened. But also, I don't think they were that good. I think they were just hot. And when we're only twenty games in, if you're you're hot for ten games, that's going to you know change and skew where you're at in the standings. But we'll see where things go. But if they keep it up. They're going to be up there at the top um, probably, I don't know, late January or so. They'll, they'll probably be a three seed, if not earlier. So we'll see what happens. So the Knicks, we're going to come back to the Knicks. They got beat by the Clippers in convincing fashion, but that's not what happened with the Lakers. They actually beat the Lakers 114-109. And one thing I wanted to mention, Dime, is it was the first game I've been to at a Lakers home game where I could sense the presence of the opposing team. How, how were the Knicks fans when you were there? Could you did you notice that they were there? Were they were they present and active and loud? Thirty five percent, I'd say, was Knicks fans. There's a lot. Yeah, but yeah, what would you felt see for you guys? Like ten percent. So I think if 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 you sat there, you would have said ten to five because they didn't. Uh, a few wore, wore the colors in the jerseys, but what I noticed a lot of was they would just be wearing regular clothes, and then I noticed it because. Um, I saw a few Knicks jerseys walk around uh, the uh, the 200 level and just kind of get the vibe of the people when I'm done doing, like, the work I have to do. I have a little bit of, like, 15-minute gap. I'm like, let me stretch my legs. Let me walk around. Let me see what the energy is like in the stadium. And I saw, oh, a couple of Knicks jerseys. Okay, it's a couple of Knicks fans here, clearly. But it, it definitely looked like, you know, 90, 95 Lakers. But then when I sat down, I could see a little bit more of a sprinkle of that orange. I'm like, okay. And when it really came came to my attention was – Emmanuel quickly hit like a corner three in the first quarter. And when he hit it, the crowd clapped. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, the crowd's clapping? I'm like, no, 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 that, that doesn't happen here. This is, this is weird. And I saw a few other times, you know, Randall would get a rebound and they'd be cheering. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? And over the time in the game, the, the Lakers crowd, especially as it got tighter, it, it, it clearly overwhelmed the, the few Knicks fans that were there. So they quieted down. But you noticed it, and you did sense the presence. You, when you hear them cheering for something bad happening with the Lakers, that never happens in that stadium. So it was a surprise to me. Of course, there's a lot of New Yorkers that that live out here and work out here in L.A., also plenty of people that come for these kinds of trips and say, hey, I'm going to see my team in L.A., yada, yada. That happens pretty much every game. There's going to be at least a few fans that are like that. So, But I was, I was surprised because, like I said, I've been going to um, – Laker games sprinkled throughout the years, but obviously this year a lot uh, credential with Silver Spoon and Roll, and I've never seen anything like that uh, where there's where I can audibly hear, you know, throughout the crowd cheering for the opposing team when they're doing well. So, you what's know, the, shout out to the Knicks fans. What's the final verdict? 15%? I would say probably 10 to 15, yeah. And their noise level, especially in the first quarter, was made it feel like 25. Wow. Uh, so yeah, they, they were really loud that first quarter, especially, and, and they stayed consistent. They were, their presence was felt. You would not go there. You, you noticed it. If you were there, you noticed that the Knicks fans were there and they were cheering on their team. They're everywhere, man. They're yeah. they're after the, I'd say after the Warriors, Celtics, Bulls, and Lakers, they're next. I, I put them above the Bulls. Actually. I don't feel like Bulls fans. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's the whole thing. I think there's Bulls fans. Like obviously they're a big brand. Oh, listen, man. But, but I don't think they go to games. I don't think they're going to road games, like rocking the, the oh. sea red. I don't see red on the road. Maybe at oh. home, sure. You know, they, their attendance numbers are pretty good. And obviously they got Jordan still and all that. And you can go anywhere in the world and have Bulls fans. But you have Bulls fans in the sense that 
they like Jordan. They they like that idea. I don't think I think if we go to like a. I think when Lakers Bulls play, I'll be interested to see how many Bulls fans actually pull up. I don't think there'll be too many. Dude, I went to the <laughs> in 2022. I went to my first Clippers Bulls game. Believe it or not, it took 17 years, but I finally went to Clippers Bulls game. Bro, I couldn't believe it. I was like shocked. I, I was there and I'm looking around and everybody's wearing Pippen, Rodman, or Mike jerseys. Wow. It, was, it was legitimately like 55% Bulls fans. And when they did the Dun, dun, dun. Let's go, Bulls. In the third quarter, I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I, was, this, I couldn't believe it. And then everybody was like, Bulls have the, sec the second highest concentration of Chicago Bulls fans in the world are in Southern California. Said some stat or mine or whatever. And so, bro, it was insane. It was Wow, so, okay. I haven't been – do I have the ticket for the Bulls game this year? I'm not sure if I do. I, I may not be going. It might be on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And I may have a coaching thing to do. But – Oh my God! I couldn't believe. Let me pull up. Do, do you know? You have any idea when it is? I got the. I got the, the January. calendar. Up. January. Okay, I got you. Give me one moment. Yes, I because think. they also play here. It's on a Sunday. Sunday the seventh. Wait, no, that's the Lakers game. Hold on, never mind. I was that's say, Lakers. Don't play on Sunday. So let's see. You said it's January. I believe so. Uh, I don't see it on January. The Lakers do play the Bulls in January. You're playing here, them. You're I, playing them tomorrow. Yeah, on the road, but at, at home. Yeah. Uh, they play them in, in – no, yeah. I do. And they play the Clippers. They play the Clippers. Oh, okay. Oh, here he goes. Never mind. It's so, March. Yeah. March 9th. Yeah. But that's on the Saturday. road. I'm looking for the home game. Uh, I don't see – let's look at all these red ones here. Here's see red. Okay, there it is. Got it. Got it. Saturday, March 9th. It's going to be in Los Angeles. I know. Clippers, Bulls. Yeah. That's so – Oh, I don't know if I'll be at that. It's a Saturday afternoon. I usually do coaching stuff on Saturday afternoons. But yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Who knows? It's a few months away. We'll oh, as far as the Lakers Knicks game, dude. Um, I, you know, I think the Lakers. You guys don't have that many great point of attack defenders. If we're being real, like Cam no, Reddish is don't. good, but he's not great. Torian Prince is solid, but he's not great. And Torian Prince and Cam Reddish, like they need to knock down their three balls. more. I mean, Tor Torian Prince is shooting 38% on the season. At least he was before today. I don't know what it's updated to. But it feels like he has games where he shoots really well, and then he has games where he can't hit a shot. It's and on the, at home. I don't know why. I, think, I, I don't have the numbers on me, but on the road, he's like 42%. And at home, he's like 31%. And that was before last night's game where he went 3 for 13. Yeah, so I don't know why. We've always had the conspiracy. Again, you put that Lakers jersey on, and that three just <laughs> – it plummets, and for him, it's literally on the road. It's like it's it's at least a ten to fifteen percent difference. And again, we're talking about the same guy playing on the same team. Like, why is there such a stark difference at home? But that's been the case. And, and last night, especially, what made it frustrating was they were good looks, they were great looks, they're the exactly looks you want. So you're like, well, what are you supposed to do? Like, either bench him or he's got to keep taking them because they're, they're wide open shots. And he was taking them to his credit, but I mean, they weren't going in, and, and that was the whole team. I think the team shot fourteen for thirty-one from three. And you're right. Um, the, the reason this matchup wasn't good is Brunson is very good. Um, there, there's some, some beat writers that don't even know who Brunson is, but they probably should because he's a really, really good guard and he took advantage. He, he was bullying Reeves, uh, throughout the game. He was, he was going for him and Ham was wise. He switched them off in the fourth quarter for Reds, but then again, Brunson knows what to do. He just called for the switch and he got Reeves again and he was just attacking, attacking, attacking. And, nobody and he could had, guard uh, Brunson, man. Everybody that took a crack at him, nobody could guard him last night. 
No, yeah, I think I think Reddish did the best job, but even him, like you said, he still managed to get some buckets in there. And you know, you got you got a great quickly game. He had twenty points. And Randall, especially in the first half, I think he had twenty points in the first half. Ended up with twenty seven on the night. And then he had like the final dunk to kind of put a ball in the game. And he he dunked it. And he like looked at the crowd. Of course, he used to be a Lakers, so he definitely he loves you know these games. He he plays up for these games. I think he averages uh, twenty nine points a game against the Lakers compared to twenty five. Uh, on the season so he gets a little bit higher for these games and this game had everything except for a lakers win it had the knicks fans going nuts it had ex-players like josh hart in the game and randall and and d'lo had good flashes in the first half um you got the l you even had a dog influencer apparently sitting courtside that the crowd was going nuts for which was really funny and weird and then you had probably the event we'll remember this most about this game and this night because the lakers hung the NBA in-season banner. And I was so excited about seeing it and checking it out. But guess what? My co-host decided to spoil the party. He was the Grinch. He said, you know what? This is what you're going to get. You're going to get an iPhone on your birthday. So act surprised. And I'm like, why did you ruin the surprise? Because I go on Twitter.com, or formerly known as Twitter. Now it's, I guess it's called X. And what do I see? I see Dime tweeting out the image of the banner at like nine in the morning and i'm like dying what's 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 going on man um and i, I of course if it's, if it's done if he has some, some information like that it's probably accurate I, I wasn't sure but i'm like well he, he had to be sure you don't have to reveal your source or whatever i would never ask you to do that if you want to you can but obviously you don't have to you probably shouldn't What's going on? Hi, this this banner gate. What 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 happened here that you ended up sharing the banner and going viral in the morning, uh, spoiling the Lakers' uh, banner night party festivities? Well, I have people in some high places, and you know they shared it with me. Let me see what it looked like, and I was like, "Oh, sick, interesting." They were like, "You know, you can post it." I said, "Why? You want me to leak it?" And they were like. I'm not saying, but you know, you never know what could happen. So I said, you know what? I'll I'll do it. It'll I'll be the first. It'll just get. Remember, Twitter pays me now with the impressions, so that's not a controversial thing. I'm just showing you the thing. And plus, I mean, that it was hard to. I mean, didn't look like Photoshop. It was right under the banners. I was a little nervous though, like if they had moved it, because people were talking about the placement of it. It's like, oh, if they move it, are people gonna think I'm a scammer or something? But nah. But yeah, that was my thing. Also, I don't want to let certain guys off the hook, Lakers side. D'Angelo Russell, his lows are really bad, man, because when he's not – I mean, he's, he was shooting well from three, but he just didn't feel as aggressive, as involved. Didn't feel like he was running the pick and roll with AD as much. Maybe I got to rewatch that first half a little closer, but Reeves came in and gave you guys a spark when you guys went cold in the first half. Yeah. But D'Lo, defensively, he had some bad possessions. There was one time there was a rotation – and he ended up going out to the corner for Grimes instead of Randall right at the rim. And LeBron gave him this look after a timeout, like, dude, what were you thinking? Like, and I was like, man, <laughs> like he's not really wrong on that. And so, I mean, D'Lo just needs to be a little bit better. I know flat out, he we know what he can be. He needs to be a little bit better. It can't just be only games against bad teams. Austin Reeves, I thought he played pretty well, but the end of the third quarter with those turnovers was really turnovers, bad. yeah. Like three in a yeah, row is was- turnovers. Then- it was so funny. I didn't want to get into uh, arguments with people on Twitter because I already had enough. It's funny. I just put up the banner when it actually was in veil, and that 
apparently was controversial, but uh, I'll, maybe we'll get into that off the record. But okay. for some reason, Warrior fans got mad that I just shared the banner. I didn't. I didn't talk smack. I just said the banner's unveiled, and all of a sudden, people were like, "Oh man, this banner! It's so. Why, why would you even do this?" And I'm like, "Okay, relax. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't even tag anyone in here. What, what, what's going on?" But. They're, uh, but they're going through a lot, you know. They're yes, they're 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 beautiful baby boys getting slaughtered in the streets by himself, helpless. You know, all all their icons are are becoming old players. You know, th their coach is just you know he's he he's he's lost out there. He doesn't know who his best players are, and his best players aren't the players who used to be his best players. And they can't win any games, and they're sub five hundred, and they have no injuries or any reason to justify it other than. Uh, a poor roster construction. Their GM left them high and dry when he realized what was going to happen. So they're going through. I understand. I understand. They're emotional. It, it's been a rough time, but I don't know. They they decided to take it out on me. So I, I I let a few of them know. Hey, I feel you. I know you're hurting. I know it's not about me. It's it's the pain of of your your team, and you might have to join. You might have to join a new team, like Kobe said. You know, they like to mention the things Kobe said. Kobe did say they came out of nowhere and they'll they'll go somewhere else. After we hang some banners, and apparently, uh, little did we know it'd be the instant tournament banner that would finally eventually do them in. Um, but yes, it, it, it was it was a big deal. It was interesting. Uh, I was pretty positive you were right. I didn't even ask you about it because I'm like, shared it. He knows. Now I wonder. You said friends in high places. Are we talking high like they put up the banner, or high like ownership management? You know, um, AEG kind of. <laughs> people there but i guess we'll have to just no right no now. ownership no no ownership or the, those kind of high places i got you got you so yeah it was interesting and um yeah i mean it, it was revealed and, and you you had it 100 percent right the placement was the way the picture was it was the exact picture of everything that uh is now up there and it, it'll be up there until they put something else up and, and move it around potentially but yeah it was disappointing night uh like you said uh d'lo had a rough game He's had those games. Yeah, and those errors, I've seen that. I've seen, you know, LeBron give him those kind of glares and be like, hey, you're supposed to be here. So there. It's not the first time. Unfortunately, it won't be the last time. But he has to be better. And he talked about being better um, all season uh, during the preseason about he wanted to redeem himself. And I think for the most part, he's been a lot better than he was um, last year, especially in the playoffs. But, you know, it was a bad bad game for um, for D'Lo, no doubt. And, and not really any Lakers had a good game except for – you know, even like you said, Reeves, I, I don't even think he had a good game. It was interesting seeing people kind of being happy about Reeves' performance. And I didn't hate it, but I noticed those those turnovers when they went to like point Reeves uh, during that third quarter. And Reeves mentioned that third quarter as being kind of the turning point, the end of the third, start of the fourth, because the, the game was even at, at I think it was 78-78. And um, the Knicks went on a 12-2 run to end that quarter. And that pretty much was what, you know, gave them the 10 point lead going into the final frame there and they weren't able to recover. So, you know, it's those kind of things where you, you can't make those kind of mistakes when you're trying to rally back. You you can't um, spiral like that. And unfortunately for the Lakers, that's exactly what happened. So um, yeah, they lost against the Knicks. They weren't able to uh, take care of business. So hopefully, um, you know, they can bounce back. Now they're on the road. They're um, heading towards Chicago. And they're going to have a, a road series here, which we'll get into in a moment. But before we get into the road games and the upcoming games for both teams, I want to do a quick little rundown. Another spark segment starting to slowly creep in there because we did get some news. Uh, the WNBA is putting in that work. All teams announced their schedule 
um, uh, a couple of days ago. And they also announced the Commissioner's Cup, which, again, for NBA fans who aren't as interested in the WNBA, the one thing I'll say is you probably should be paying attention to the big things the WNBA is doing because what the NBA likes to do is experiment with things in the WNBA. And then if they work there, they bring them to the NBA. And one of the things they did was the Commissioner's Cup. This whole NBA in-season tournament, that the WNBA did that for a couple of years and it was successful. And I'm like, if this works here, they're definitely bringing it to the NBA. Like That's the big, big warning sign when the WNBA does something new. They, get, they have a team in Vegas. Guess what's going to happen in the NBA? I'm telling you, it's it's just, that's the pattern. And then embracing the Commissioner's Cup again, they're going to do it again. This is, I, I believe, the third or fourth year. And now it's a little bit more controlled. They're having all the games in a row. Uh, before, they were scattered, uh, dying, kind of like they were for the NBA. It was like Tuesdays, Fridays. They were way more chaotic in the WNBA. There was no, at least to my knowledge, there was no consistency. It was just like, oh, it's a Commissioner Cup game. And it was like, okay, no jerseys, no course, nothing like that. It was just like, oh, I guess it's a Commissioner Cup game and a regular season game. That's cool. This time, at least so far, they've announced, uh, I believe it's the month of June, and all the Sparks games, all the WNBA games are going to be Commissioner Cup games during that month, and then they're going to have the final and they have the final and all that. So I think that's interesting. Again, will the NBA adopt that exactly, or will they do something a little different? We're gonna we're obviously ways away from the NBA kind of giving us that information, but it's something to keep an eye on. I think the NBA in-season tournament will change a little. Maybe it'll be something like that or something similar. But they already have, a, I think, a good cadence with Tuesday's Fridays. But they saw how popular it was. They might go nuts and say, hey, the first – 10 games in the year or NBA season, like jump right in. I don't know yet. Uh, the Spark schedule came out. Their first games uh, begin in May. And the interesting thing is that the Crypto.com Arena does a lot of renovations in the summer because that's the slower time. They only have to worry about concerts and the Sparks. So they'll actually be at Long Beach for the um, first five home games. That way the uh, arena can get like a lot more time to kind of do those um, maintenance and renovations and things that they're trying to do, which is why they changed the name to Crypto.com Arena anyways, for money for renovations. And the Sparks wants to be at Walter Pyramid. Now, I've been here for a little while, but I'm, I'm not a lifer in LA like you are. Have you been to Long Beach State? Have you been to that uh, facility? What's it like there if you've been? I've no? never been. No, I've never been to Long Beach State. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Long sure. Beach, I'm obviously, sure been. I've never been on the campus yeah. or a game or anything like that. Yeah, me too. I've been to Long Beach, of course. Same, plenty of times I've been to Long Beach. It's a, it's a great area. But yeah, I'm not personally, I'm not thrilled about having to do the drive to Long Beach to watch it, but I'll be doing the drive because, I mean, I, it's also my job. So I'll right. be there. Um, so I'm curious to see how that'll work. Obviously, it'll be just the first five games. And then after that, they'll be in crypto for the rest of them. But yeah, again, little little moments that are kind of signaling hey, the, the WNBA is also uh, kicking off, it, it's gearing up. Um, that might be our last significant, um, you know, update for a little while. Cause I can't imagine there'll be anything else until, you know, the, uh, NCAA is done and we can get into, um, you know, mock drafts and things of that nature. But I was surprised it's kind of early to go ahead and get that information out, but I think they wanted to do it before the holidays or else they'd have to wait until January. And, you know, before you know it, it feels a long way away, but the drafts like in, I believe March. So we're going to quickly get into it. So it's good that they kind of, gave us the information on the schedule and kind of the way the, the season is going to start and kind of give you that little taste before, you know, we actually, you know, get closer to it. When's the draft? Let me look it up real quick. Uh, Cause I think now we, we have the official date for that. So uh, it's going to be, no, that can't be right. Um, 
I'm looking to see. I'm seeing the draft lottery, but that that already happened. Uh, let's see if they give it April fifteenth. Going to be April fifteenth. So yeah, not it's still okay. a little ways away. But yeah, it's a while away. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they they're they're just. I think it was a little early to announce what they've announced, but hey, no complaints for me. I just I just saved it all in my phone. I'm not sure about you, Dime. Let me ask you this question: For the Lakers to make sure I'm like on it, besides just being on it. I sync all the games on my phone. Do you do the same thing to make sure you know exactly when the Clippers play and all that? Nah, I don't do anything. I uh, just. So how do you know when they play? You just wake up every morning and like look it up, to make sure. I just take it one game at a time. No, <laughs> but no. What I do also is I have to reserve tickets for the month for which games I want to go to, so I know the home games, the road games. You know, I didn't even know we were playing OKC this week. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Obviously, for me, I have a lot of writing to do. I really got to be honest. But even before that, I, I just uh, – once I knew I was kind of taking it more seriously, I was like, you know what, I want to cover this team. I just it, – it's real real simple. Obviously, you can do this for any team. When you go on their website, it says, hey, you want to add it to your calendar? I'm like, let me just add all of them to my calendar, and then I don't have to think about it. If I'm if I, Or if I have a question, I can just pull up my phone and be like, oh, it's not on my calendar, so they, don't, they must not play because it would be there. So that, that's my strategy. I do that for the Lakers. I've done that for the Sparks. Um, for the Clippers, since I'm not like as locked in, I just have to be locked in for the pod. I just make sure I have the um, the calendar and stuff on my desktop at all times. So if I ever want to pull it up, I can just go to my my desktop's main page. And like, okay, there it is. I got a wonderful picture of Kawhi and PG here, uh, and then uh, have the entire schedule there ready to go. Um, okay, so speaking of the schedule, we have some games uh, tomorrow. Uh, again, the Lakers are in Chicago playing the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls are obviously a, a team that's kind of tanking and floundering, but they've looked pretty good even without Zach Levine. They've kind of, you know, rallied around. Kobe White's been doing really good. They're six and three. I still think the Lakers take this one. Uh, what do you think, Dime? Are the Bulls gonna are gonna win here, or, or are they looking at the L? I think the Lakers are gonna win, and they'll bounce back and get this W. But the Bulls have been playing pretty well lately. They just beat the Sixers. Yeah, yeah, like like literally yesterday. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. Okay, then we have the Clippers also playing. A little bit of uh, Luca magic here. So, are, are you nervous now? Is is, is Luca gonna do what he does and and destroy things there, or not no. this time? No, I'm gonna beat him. Uh, no, Derek Lively. No, Kyrie Irving. No, Josh Green. Luca's not gonna beat us by himself. Not with a super team. We're beating them. You know what? I'm gonna just zag and say Luca magic does it. He does it this one. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But I think you're right. Uh, Dallas is not as good as their record reflects because of the absences they have. And it's a lot to ask them. Oh man, I really don't like that pick. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna flip up already. Yeah, they're not gonna be they're not gonna do it. He's gonna have if, if they do it, he has to drop 47. Like it's yeah, gonna have 40, to be that kind 45 of 45 plus honestly. Yeah I, I I'm saying 47. Even 41 is not gonna be enough. This team is just too good right now. He's gonna have to really go nuclear. So yeah I got him for 47 in a win if they win but I, I'm gonna predict a loss. All right. Moving on, the Lakers again. It's been a rough schedule. They play Wednesday, then Thursday again. Back at it. They're in Minnesota playing the team with like the best record in the West. And with the Clippers. Um, yeah, so it's rough. Uh, unfortunately, I think this is going to be a loss. What do you think? Do the Lakers uh, do they beat uh, the T Wolves on the road? This is Los Angeles' first look at Minnesota. Both sides. I'm very excited for this. Not okay. That's a stretch. I'm not very excited, but I'm interested. Very interested. interested. Yeah. Lakers yeah. and Wolves. It gets you like it gets you. It's enough to make you be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Let's see what that looks like. Well, yeah. I'm always gonna check out Lakers anyway, but now seeing the Timberwolves, uh, I'm gonna go with the Wolves winning 
because it's a back-to-back for the Lakers. Yeah. And I'm also going to go with the Clippers streak ending at nine to the Thunder. I think that's going to be a tough matchup for us. Lou Dort, yeah. Lou Dort guarding Kawhi and then uh, Jalen Williams guarding Paul George and then SG on Harden. I think that trio is, is the best to match up with that. And then Chet Holmgren on the pick and pop is going to make Zubats work defensively. And unlike Sacramento, um, who's a younger, fast team, they actually defend the Thunder in terms of Chet Holmgren at the rim for, compared to Sabonis. So it's not going to be easy money, you know, when we get to the basket. So I think that's going to be a tough game. Yeah. And then we got uh, the Lakers also playing again. We're kind of we, we share teams a lot like this. That's kind of, you know, because of the region and all that. It just makes sense that our schedules are going to be pretty similar. We, we play OKC on Saturday. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I got this as a Lakers loss as well. Just OKC is very good. You're on the road. Oh, on the road. OK. Huh? Yeah, on you the road. Lost. No, they're on the already, road. Yeah, already lost them on the road. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's going to be tough. So I got the Lakers losing that one. Um, how about you? Do you have the Lakers winning or losing against OKC on, on the 23rd of December? Losing because the Thunder will have two days rest as well. Yeah. All right. And then you're playing that day too against the team. I hope th- this will be the one of the few times I'm going to be, you know, I, I'm, I, I should pull up for this one. Uh, I should pull up for Boston. And and I don't know if I, I wouldn't rock a, a Clippers jersey, but I, I would definitely wouldn't be rooting for Jason Tatum and, and the Celtics here. Um, but regardless of of my feelings for them, they're a good team. What do you think? Can you can you pull off the win against Boston before the holiday? That's going to be a great game. I'll be there. I'm going to say yes because it's at home. But I think whenever we go to Boston, I think we'll lose to them. That team is going to be a, a very tough matchup for us. Let me tell you this, Edwin. Let's say the Clippers do make the finals this year. We cannot lose to the Celtics, bro, because all my no, games you cannot. Time, I've already lost to the Dodgers. I mean, I've to the Red Sox, and I was there. Lost to the Patriots, and I was there, bro. My friends and I, my Boston sports fans' friends have been very quiet lately because the only team that really can make them that, well, the Bruins are pretty good. But the Celtics are the ones they're really hoping for. Red Sox have been in the mud. Patriots are terrible. They gave me a hard time when I was in college. My Clippers would be the worst defeat of all. And I actually like the Celtics team, but no, I can't have that, man. That would be the Laker fans' nightmare finals, Celtics and Clippers. It would yeah, be great though because idea. all of LA would rally around the Clippers. It'd be hilarious if the Clippers, oh, yeah. if the Clippers prevent the Celtics from getting Banner eighteen. The rivalry may just die right there if there ever was one. For sure. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be like that. That I mean, it's like great for the pod because we'll be like, you know, uh, it'll become a Clipper pod <laughs> for sure. Clippers There's no way Celtics. I'm gonna be rooting for the. No way I'll be rooting for the Celtics. There's no scenario. There's no scenario where I, even if my life was on the line, I would root for the opposing team. And maybe that says something dark about me, but I'm like, you know what? I gave my life to the cause. Like the Celtics did not win on my watch. Like no way. Um, yeah. So, and again, the final game we have here is actually going to be the Monday game, which is on Christmas day, marquee matchup, Lakers Celtics. And um, dime, I, I just, I, 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 I can't, we can't lose this one. Like the Lakers can't, I know that the players don't care as much as the fans do about the rivalry, but I'm like, I can't tell LeBron, but if I could, I'd be like, please. They should. Like, you can lose the next three games. You can lose the next three games, but don't lose this one. You, you can't can't lose this one. I know it literally doesn't matter anymore than the other 82, but it does. you got to win. It's Christmas. You can't ruin. Dime already ruined Banner Night. Don't ruin Christmas Day <laughs> with, the, with the L here. I can't have it. But to be honest, what do you think? I mean, the, the Celtics are a good team. It's a rivalry game. 
on the road for the Boston and home for the Lakers. Who do you got on the Christmas Day matchup? You know what? I think it's going to be one of those games, kind of like the in-season tournament, where all the bright lights will be on, everyone's going to be watching, and LeBron's going to try to put on a show for the the, the paying fans. And he's going to he's gonna act like a lifelong Laker for that day. And he's going to be like, we have to make sure we beat the Celtics today. We can't, can't have Laker fans with a bad Christmas. And I think LeBron's going to come through, and then social media is going to go crazy about Bron uh, right before his birthday, saying 39 years old, and it's going to be all over the place. That's my prediction. All right. I love it. And with that, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, that's the end of episode nine of Basketball on Figueroa. I'm Edwin Garcia uh, here again, once again, with my co-host, Darian Viziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper, and we out.